Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast with Dr. David O. Ogaga. How many of you understand that life doesn't end here? How many of you truly believe that your life does not end when you die? And if your life doesn't end when you die, how prepared are you for the life that is on the other side? So what I want to share with you is the glory of the other side. Amen? Some of us are very callous about our lives. Some of us don't even think. We don't think that life doesn't seem to continue on the other side. We think, oh, all that matters is you eat and drink and die, bury in the grave, and that's the end of it. No, no, no. Or maybe because some of you have heard and said, well, we're not talking about mansion up there as a physical building. So there is nothing like up on the other side. I think I'm going to take this in form of a series. I start today, maybe next week and the other week. Three, three sections. I'm going to make you see some things. I want to pray God will help you to begin to push into the spirit dimension to understand that everything that is you can see is temporal. And there is something much more enduring and there is more life on the other side than you can imagine even here. And if that is the case, then you need to be preparing for the other side. Amen? You need to be preparing for the other side. It's very important and crucial. Okay, let's, let me start reading from 1 Corinthians 15. Look at verse 19. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 19. Some of us, take, we don't take thought at all. We don't even consider at all. We, we just live like that. But no, it shouldn't be. We don't seem to have an idea that life doesn't seem to be finishing on this other side. There is still another side to life. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 15 verse number 19. The Bible says, And if in this life only, you can mark that, we have hope in Christ, we have all men most miserable. Hey. Amen? In other words, if your thought is just all oh, to be a Christian, well, we just be a Christian so we can have good homes, good life, good things about life. That if it is, that is all, the protection of Christ from demons, from powers, if that is all that life is, then we are miserable people. It means life goes beyond the now. Listen. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, it means your hope extends from this life to the other life. Now, if your life, if your hope extends from this life to the other life, or that is the way to be even in Christ, how prepared are you for the other life? Hallelujah. If it is just a matter of what you can enjoy because you got in salvation, it's all the life is. Bible says we are of most men what miserable. I want to show you something. That life goes beyond everything you can have. If I look says life does not consist in the abundance of the things that a man does possess. Does it say so? So, if life is not just money, if life is not building, if life is not cars, what is life? 
Here Paul is saying, we can't think that all that is about life is what we can get here. There is still something on the other side. And I'm going to be explaining or sharing one or two things to enable you to think that life does not end here. So that you can know how to prepare for the life on the other side. Do all your business ideas and whatever, and you think that is all, you set it for one thing where you are making increase, prospering. When you drop the flesh, where is going to be your home? Hallelujah. How many of you know that you first existed before you came here? Mm-hmm. Because God spoke to Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah was speaking to him and said, Before I formed thee, I knew you. And I called you as a prophet. Before I formed, meaning he existed before he was formed. It means you had life before you came here. So if you drop, you're going back. Question, what will you be? How will you be when you go back? Hallelujah. Now let me explain something here. First King chapter 9, 17. Let's look at First King 17. This is a beautiful story of Elijah being fed by the raven and then the Lord led him to a widow in Zarephath. Hallelujah. And then we were made to understand that the widow in Zarephath took good, very good care of him. And then the the child died, and then she brought the child unto Elijah to pray. So look, look at verse 21. First Kings 17, verse 21. And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. And the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. What's that? The soul of the child came into him again. That means the soul was going away before. Hallelujah. So when the soul came back, the child revived. But if the soul hasn't come back, the child will have been dead. So simply put, death is your soul leaving you. But the question is, when your soul leaves you, where is it going to? What home? I remember in 2007, I had this experience. That's the first time I get to realize what this dimension of life really is. No, I'm not saying I went to heaven and I saw grass. I didn't say so. But what happened is I died, as it were, for some minutes. I don't know how long, so I have to use the word for some minutes. I was in the room, I was alone, I was lying down. And I saw myself, another me, floating out of my being. I was seeing this thing going up. It went up close to the ceiling. I was seeing myself looking at myself, up. Right there. At Buruki there. It was so amazing. I said, God, what is going on? Because I was terribly down that time. But somehow, a voice, you know, a kind of strength came to me. And it's like I was sick to be thinking when this thing was going on. 
Then I made a confession and said, God, is this the way I'm going to die? And as soon as I said that, I heard a voice spoke to me from the book of Luke. I think Luke chapter 5, I don't know, 17 or 25, I can't remember now. The story where he said, take up your bed and walk. When Jesus made that statement, I just picked my Bible because normally if I sleep, my Bible is with me. I picked my Bible, I read the scripture. As soon as I finished reading the scripture, as soon as that voice came, I see myself coming back. I dropped into my life, I picked the Bible, I read the portion, energy came into my body, I jumped out of the bed. My soul came back to me. Question, if I had gone, where would I have been? That's what I'm saying, what I'm saying. And that's part of what I'm going to be sharing with you. If I had not been able to speak or ask the question, I could go. Why? The Lord said, as you have spoken unto my ears, so will I do unto you. Did you get that? This is a part of the thing we're going to be dealing with on Fridays. I just really encourage you to be around so that you can understand some things. That you can take charge of your life by the confessions that you make. You can rule your world by the confessions that you made. Are you there with me? So if I didn't ask that simple question, I would have been gone. So the soul came back. So that's the question. And every one of you, you wouldn't know when and how you can have this experience. So the question is how prepared are you to get on the other side? And when you go there, what happens? Who are you when you drop the flesh? Who are you? What are you supposed to be experiencing when you drop the flesh? Life is not about all that you're acquiring now. There is much more to life. Amen? Hallelujah. Let me start showing you two, three. I'm going to show you two major things today. And I'm going to show you how you can connect in terms of preparing for the other side. But I'm going to show you two major glory that you can experience when you drop the flesh. Based on the life you live right here on the earth. Amen? Okay. Turn with me to the book of Revelation chapter 19. Revelation 19. Praise the living God. I want you to see something. Like I said, the glory on the other side. So I want to show you two realms of glory that you can experience when you drop the flesh. If only you can be prepared for it. Revelation 19, are you there with me? Look at verse 9. And he said unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true saints of God. Verse number 10. Remember who is speaking here to John is supposedly an angel that interpreted the symbols of the book of Revelation to John that he wrote down. Is that okay? Right. Now verse 10. And I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, See that do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Okay. Go now to Revelation 22 verse number 8. I want you to connect that. Listen. The man that was speaking to John, he said he's a fellow servant. Is that alright? But John saw him as an angel. Oh, hallelujah. And he wanted to worship him. All right. Are we there in Revelation 22? Let's look at verse number 8. And I, John, saw these things. 
and heard them. And when I heard and I seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Look at verse 9. Then said he unto me, See, thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and listen, of thy brethren, who? The prophets, and of them which keep the saying of this book, worship God. And some persons argue and say, well, this man was not a prophet. It simply means to say, I am doing what the other prophets are doing. But the truth is, this man was a prophet in his lifetime. Is that okay? He said, I'm the fellow servant, thy brethren, the prophet. It's like saying, I'm one among the prophets that have ever lived. Meaning, you can still do ministry in the spirit realm when you drop the flesh. What you do here becomes what you become on the other side. Amen? Come on, are you getting what I'm talking about? So, if you know little about Christ, you don't seem to have enough hope. The more you are filled with the knowledge of God, the more we are filled with the Spirit of God, the more you are taken over by God, the more opportunities you have on the other side of glory. Somebody said, Pastor, but I agnostic and I agree with you that this man was a prophet. You know, some of you think when you drop the flesh, that's the end. <laughs> but that's not true. Life continues, Amen. You see, it's like you're born again. Let me put it that way. You know what? You came into this life and then you were given battle. Is that all right? Death on one side is a bet on the other side. You die here, you are born on the other side. <laughs> are you sitting there with me? So you consider the life of Elijah. He came here to be a prophet. I mean, I uh, am. Jeremiah, before I informed thee, I knew thee, right? It means he carried the grace, he carried that spirit. He came here to be a prophet. If he drops the flesh, it's going to be more, greater, even on the other side, as a messenger for God. Question, when you drop the flesh, how will God use you? This is what we're going to see most later when the Bible says, if you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. And next week, I'm going to make you see that the life you receive, how much of Christ you receive, determine the kind of body you receive when you drop the flesh. So being a child of God is not enough because you can acquire properties. The question is, how will you fit in when you drop the flesh? To me, life is just but a school. You need to learn some things that will prepare you to be a professor on the other side. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the living God. This looks like a hard thing for some of us. Your faces are getting a little bit dark. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm trying to put your mind in a position where you can think beyond this life. Is that okay? There is life after death. Death does not end your life. You die, it's a rebirth to another world. Okay, look at that. Luke chapter 9. Go to Luke chapter 9. Let me show you. If you think... Somebody who have died cannot come out here to do something. Cannot come out here to do ministry. Let's look at that. Luke chapter 9. That tells you that there's a whole wall of activities going on in the spirit realm. Hebrews 12 tells us we are surrendered. Verse 1. 
by some cloud of witnesses. How many of you remember that? Who are the cloud of witnesses? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, Samson, Gideon, David, Elijah. Every one of them, the Bible says, they are watching us. Solomon, they are watching us. They are alive in the spirit dimension. You can't see them, but they can see you. Because you live in a, cel a terrestrial body, but they live in a celestial body. They can see you, but you can see them. That's why sometimes you see little children, before they get corrupted by the life we live, they can tell their mother, I'm seeing somebody. And the mother cannot see. Have you seen things before like that? Little children, they say, Mama, look at him, look at him. And the mother, who is that? Say, look at him. And sometimes you find him, the mother has come and say, hey, you, go, or something like that. Just making all kind of stuff. They are not seeing anything, but the children are seeing. Because in the spirit of innocence, you can see to the other side. It is seeing that blocked your vision. That's why you can't break through to see. And that is why you see Elisha could speak to Gehazi, and God would say, open his eyes for a moment to see. And when the eyes of Gehazi was open, he could see that they were chariots. Do you get what I'm talking about? The wall on the other side is so thin. You can see it if God grants you the privilege to do it. But what we're saying is you need to prepare yourself to be able to come to that dimension where you can see on the other side and where you drop the flesh, you can also function on the other side. Life doesn't end here. Don't prepare everything. Don't suffer for this modern war. Because as far as I'm concerned, it is very temporary. Even if you live for 200 years, it's still temporary. As compared to when you live in the realm of spirit for eternity. Amen? Hallelujah. Luke chapter 9. Are you there with me? Look at verse 27. But I tell you of a truth. There be some standing here. We shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God come. Verse 28. And it came to pass after eight days of these saints. He took Peter and John and James. I went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistering. And behold, they talked with him two men, which were Moses and who? Elijah, who appeared in glory and spake of his disease, which he shall accomplish at what? At Jerusalem. Who are those that appeared? Moses and Elijah. And the Bible refers to them as well, two men. These men have died, as it were, or gone into glory ever before Jesus was born. That tells you that it doesn't end here. You could drop the flesh and still break out to minister to people. Based on who you were and how prepared your life was right here on the face of the earth. I don't know where you are sowing into. Is it your flesh or the spirit dimension? There is much more to the spirit world. There is much more to another life than what we are seeing now. So here is Moses and Elijah coming out from the other side to do ministry unto Jesus. They've died years ever before Jesus was born. Are you still there with me? You can see that from the book of Acts as well. That's why in the book of Acts some people think that it was angel that spoke to the people. But just look at it. Acts chapter 1. Look at Acts chapter 1, look at 10, when Jesus was to ascend on the Mount of Holy. Look at that. Verse 10. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. 
People will tell you this angel. This is no angel. This was Moses and Elijah. Two men. <laughs> Amen. Which also said, Ye men of Galilee, while stand there gazing up into heaven, this same Jesus, which you seem taken off from into you into heaven, shall come in like manner as you have seen him go. Amen. Hallelujah. Same two men. Why did they have to come there? Because Romans chapter uh, 3, verse 21 tells us precisely that the righteousness of God is witnessed by the law and the prophets, which is Moses and Elijah. They have to follow the train. Remember, when in the Mount of Transfiguration, the Bible said they spoke about his disease. What they were trying to say is, hey man, you got to go to the cross. Because you know, Jesus was already disturbed when he was going to Jerusalem. He was going to be killed. He was not having the pains. He was finding it difficult. You know, when he went to pray in Gethsemane, remember what was going on here. Take this cup from me. The natural body, the natural flesh was not going to allow him to go. So Moses and Elijah came to kind of speak to him and say, Hey, brother, listen to me. I represented the prophets. What prophets had about you, how you were going to die. Amen? And then Elijah will come here and say, Now Moses will come here and say, We wrote about you in the law. If you don't go to the cross, it means our testimony has fallen apart. So please be encouraged. Because one thing is certain, you will wrote that you are going to rise again. <laughs> are you sitting there with me? We wrote, we prophesied that you are going to rise again. You just go. They came to strengthen him. They came to encourage him. Some of you need some encouragers in life, amen? Even if you have a vision, you need someone to encourage you sometime. Because no matter how little or big your vision is, you come to a place sometimes where issues are so dire, you don't know what to do, which way to go, you get confused about life, you need somebody to encourage you. And may God send you real comforters in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. If Jesus needed people to strengthen him, you also need men to strengthen you. And God is going to send your comforters to you. Amen. Hallelujah. So that was why. So these two men appeared. What am I trying to explain to you? Watch this. They did not only speak to Jesus, they also spoke to men of Galilee. <laughs> Are you getting that? So let you not look like it was a vision. This was not just a vision now. This was literal. Men were there standing and they saw these two men and they said, hey, come on, why are you looking up like that? The same Jesus is taking up from you shall so come in like manner. Now, I don't want to be dealing with the issue of the manner because that is not the contents for this, this day. Amen? Are you still there? But in case I have to ask you a question on that. How many people saw him go? Only the disciples saw him go. So if he's coming in like manner, only the disciples will see him come. <laughs> Are you still there with me? Okay, that's not the issue for today. But get the point right. What I'm saying is Moses and Elijah appear to literal people. But they've been dead long ever before this incident took place. They could break forth from the spirit dimension. They could break forth from the other side. They could still do ministry here. Why? Because they had the opportunity to know the Lord as it were, to be filled with the spirit, and as messengers of God before they drop the flesh. Who are you? What opportunity do you have to minister if you drop the flesh? That is why Lexi. I need to know more of him. Because the more you know of him, the more prepared you are on the other side. 
Are you getting what I'm talking about? <laughs> Praise the living God. So, one of the major glory, remember I'm dealing with the glory of the other side. Is that okay? Which is basically to me a greater glory. What you experience, the life you live, the things you have or you get on the other side cannot be compared to anything you can acquire on the face of this earth. It is a rare privilege for God to allow you to break forth from the other side to do ministry on this side. Not everybody has that privilege. Not everybody can get that privilege. But you can. If you know it, you walk towards it, you can. Are you following what I'm talking about? Number two, I want to share with you today. So the first thing I'll share with you is you have opportunity of ministering from the other side. Is that okay? It is possible. You can break forth. You can. Let me tell you something. If you truly have, I remember one man died, the minister of God, in the Anglican fold. And the family were crying. They were weeping. And he appeared in a form. And people will look at these uh, angels or whatever. But this man appeared to the wife and said, you don't need to cry. I made it. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm talking about? You know, sometimes when people die, you are crying. You shouldn't be crying. The truth, you be thinking. In fact, to me, when you are crying, you are crying for yourself. Not for the one that died. You know why? Because <laughs> you don't know the state of those people. Sometimes they are looking at you and they are wondering why you are crying. I remember my mother told me a story before she finally died. There was a time she died for about two, three hours. And they already gave up hope in the village. And so, she, all of a sudden, she jumped up. And everybody said, what's happening? Some people were almost wanting to run. And she said, what's happening to me? And my father said, you died. He said, oh, I see. So I find myself walking on the road. I saw one of my aunties that was late long years ago. She was staying in a place I didn't quite like it. And she was just saying, come, come. And then I saw another one, an uncle of mine, who was a priest on the other side. And he saw me and he said, what are you coming here to do? I said, I'm, not, I'm just coming up. He said, you can't come here now. It's not yet your time. He said, he took a whip and started whipping me. And it is the pains of the whip that woke me up. There is more wall real on the other side than what you see here. How prepared are you when you drop the flesh? I just told you of my own practical experience. I'm not talking about what somebody told me. My own life experience. That is why I always believe that I always fulfill my days before I drop the flesh. Man can do it. Hallelujah. I'm trying to encourage you to seek more of God, to purify your spirit, and prepare for the other side. Because you can't tell when. We believe in immortality, sure. But that is something you don't have a grip on. It's all in the hands of God. Amen? How prepared are you for the world of the other side? Who are you when you drop the flesh? We're not talking about just seeing angels. We're talking about seeing people that can break forth from the spirit dimension. 
To you, they are angels. Hallelujah. Turn with me now, and I want to show you something else. Turn with me to the book of Philippians, chapter number four. I'm showing you just two things today. You go and think about them. You go and meditate about them. So that you don't be toiling with your life, getting lazy about the things of God. You don't meditate. You don't listen to messages. You don't be more of Christ in your spirit. You don't know what you're doing to yourself. Philippians 4. Are you there with me? Let's look at verse number 1. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and my crown, so stands fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. What I want you to see there is my joy and my crown. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many of you know that when you talk about a crown, you're talking about somebody who's got the victory? <laughs> I remember when I was younger, the faith told us when we get to heaven, we're going to put on seven crowns. And I was wondering how you're going to use one head to wear seven crowns. Until I begin to study the world and I realize that people are your crown. Let me read another scripture so that you can see what I'm saying here. First Thessalonians chapter 2. First Thessalonians chapter 2, let's look at 19 to 20. Praise the Lord. Look at it. For what is our hope? Are you there with me? First Thessalonians 2, I'm reading 19 to 20. For what hope, what is our hope? Or joy, or crown of rejoicing. And not even yield. Watch this. In the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his appearing. For ye are our glory and joy. Did you get that? It's like saying, assuming, or just like the scripture says, we shall all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So when you appear, question, what are you presenting before the Lord? That's what we're saying. What is your crown? What is the thing you're going to take to the Lord and say, this one came to know you through me? That's what Paul is saying here. Philippian church, you are my crown. You are my rejoicing. I can appear before the Lord because of you. You are my evidence that I serve the Lord. Thessalonian church, you are my crown and my rejoicing. When people tell you to go do witnessing, you just take it loosely. You are not preparing for the other side. <laughs> are you getting what I'm talking about? You are not preparing at all. <laughs> when I was talking about ministry, just now, some of you were excited. Maybe some of you were thinking, well, but I'm not a prophet. Well, I'm not a teacher. What? Okay, fine. No problem. But this is a proof that, listen to me, when you appear before the Lord, he's not requiring anything from you. He wants to see how many people you turn to the Lord. That is what gives you joy on the other side. That is the only thing you can present before God. How many people have you been able to turn to the Lord? I challenge you today to prepare for the other side of life. 
Sometimes you see the Jehovah's people do what they do, and some of you, oh, you maybe you mock at them or something. Or you think, oh, well, the best thing is to do crusade and do all the science and wonders and miracles. Both ways, fine. The key thing is, how many people can you truly turn to the Lord? When you appear before the Lord, like I want to say, are you not my crown in his presence, in his presence? When you appear before Christ, what do you show? What will bring that rejoicing? What will give you joy when you are in, in his presence? It's the souls you want. It's the people you've turned to the Lord. It's the people that came to know the Lord through you. These are your crown and what? Your rejoicing. Think about it. I want us to really think this morning. To understand that this thing we are doing, this faith we are professing, is not a joke. It's a preparation for another life. Praise the living God. At least, for me, I have at least five people, and you are one of them. So, you are my crown, I'm a rejoicing. At least I can speak to the Lord. I don't have so many, but at least I have some five people. I can count some names here. But for you, what will you show? That's a question. Are you got what I'm talking about? Say, you have nothing to do with that. You're a preacher, you're not a preacher. What, do you have a crown yet? Do you have one? What is the evidence of you having been a child of God? Is the souls you want that are your crown before the Lord. Amen? There is nothing you are going to bring for him. That is why I always say, take the seeds, give them out. You don't know what you're doing. Somebody can begin to know God better and get hooked onto God the more and go deeper into God, even though you are not there, but because you send the seed, you are doing the job. You send materials, you send magazines, so buy books and send them out. Tell the truth and give it out. Pay for them. That is the only way you can go about it. You are not going to be climbing the pulpit like I'm doing now and talking. But you can send out the materials. Let me show you how that works. But are you catching me so far? Just two things. I'm not going to bother you with too many things. I'm going to be breaking it down so that you catch exactly what this message means to me so that you can understand. I'm giving you just two today. We'll continue next week on that. But let me show you how you can connect what I'm talking about. Even though you can't go, even though you are not called a prophet, can you still have a way of coming to be in a place where you can have your crowns of glory? Somebody can get repented somewhere, either because you send a message, you send a CD, you send a book. Okay, let's look at something here in the book of Galatians. Galatians 6. So when we say, man, come on. Let's go out and win souls. Let's talk to God. We are not just doing it for religious purposes. We must understand that this is the only thing we can present before God. Nothing more. Galatians 6. Let's look at verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap corruption or everlasting life. Right. Now, now, I want to take this from the message. Minister more to me from the message. Look at it. Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. 
What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, <laughs> ignoring the needs of others and ignoring God, harvests or harvests a crop of weeds. All he will have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the walking or the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. What is the mockery here? Selfishness or being greedy. You know, when we talk about Let's build. I'm sorry. You know, that's why sometimes I find it difficult because you say, well, let's make vows and commit ourselves to building this project. You'll be seeing people making vows of 3,000, 2,000. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny. Do you, you know your money connects you to the spirit dimension? There is nothing else that contends with God in this world than money. It says you can't serve God and mammon. It is say God and Satan. Satan is no problem. The real problem is what? Money. The proof of you in love for God and your loving God is your money. The only way you can connect what I'm talking about is what? Money. Some will say, let's do things. You go, oh, man. You're thinking, oh, let those who have do. Let them. You're just wasting your time. You are unable to sow into the spirit dimension. You sow into the spirit world. You see, you can't be selfish towards the need of others and be selfish, and be selfish towards God. You can't do that and expect to move on to connect to glory. No. Listen, don't deceive yourself. <laughs> Amen? Let, let's, let's know that this life amounts to nothing. We should, be, we should be preparing more for the real life. This is just like a school and you need to graduate from school and use your certificate. Is that alright? It's just like a school. Your training's here. This is just like a training ground. You prepare more for the other side. So when you talk about money, you just feel, oh, come on. Let those I have. Already you try to disqualify yourself. Let those I have. Well, come on, let me tell you something. It is not led the equation of those I have. You also do have. So when we say, let's finish this project, let's do this, you'll be wondering, oh, come on. It doesn't have to be me. After all, it's the pastors. After all, it's, the, it's not me. How many of you, how many times will somebody remind you, for instance, how many times will somebody remind you of the widow of Zarephath? See, there was going to be a famine in the land for how many years? But this woman was going to have resources to take care of herself because God prepared her heart to take care of a man of God. How many of you remember that? She used money to survive or give to survive the years of famine that was on the land. You can't deceive God. You can only deceive yourself. We're talking of connecting to the other side of life. To the real life. I like the way the message put, Bible puts it. Hmm? Those letting God do the spirit work in them and having a crop of real life and eternal life. 
breaking forth from this line to the other side, you connect through money. I'm just telling you the truth. It's part of your assignment. So when we say use money, buy books, sow to this project, do this. It's not for the good. Listen to me. When Elijah said, hey, you give to me first before you and your son. That could have been kind of wickedness. This is a widow. The widow needs support. This is a widow. But he said, you widow, you give to me. It was for the good of the woman, not the good of Elijah. Hallelujah. All that we are suffering, the widow was surviving. Why? Because she sowed into the life of Elijah. Amen? That's what we're talking just now. We're talking about tithing. Now, part of the thing God was sharing with me is when you don't allow the people to sow, you subcharge them, you break them off, you cut them off from the blessings of God, from God ministering to them. Don't be stingy with money. Don't be greedy with your money. You're connecting to life with money. Hallelujah. So if you can't go preach in the street, buy books, buy CDs, give them out. Pay money for the website. Do something. Ask questions. Where can I invest in the kingdom of God? You are sowing into your life on the other side. Greed will keep you bound. Next week, God enable me. I'm going to show you what happens if you don't truly sow here in order to reap on the other side. I'll make you see. Because we have a tabernacle. Not just a mansion stuff. We have a tabernacle. This one is a tent. But we have a tabernacle. You can only connect to the tabernacle by the things I'm showing you. Praise the living God. Is anybody understanding me? Are you ready for life? Are you ready for the real life? I'm talking about the life after now, the glory on the other side. Can you stand up? I want us to pray. I want us to pray meditatively. I want us to pray. If you have received anything, I want you to pray. Some of you think, well, I've been sowing, I don't know. I've been giving, but nothing is happening. The Father, you don't see anything here. doesn't mean everything you sowed is a waste. You are investing into another life. I want to give you some time to talk to God. You just step on the keyboard just a little bit. I want you to think, is anybody praying? You pray on your own. I'm not going to lead you for anything. How ready are you to move on to the rest of life? How ready are you to move on to the other side? How prepared are you? That's my question. I'm not leading you anything. You're going to lead yourself now. Because these are issues that we need to really think about. How prepared are you if you drop the flesh today? Where will you be? Paul said, you are my crown. I'm rejoicing in the presence of the Lord. In the appearing of God. You are my crown. I'm rejoicing. Where will you be? Where will you be? Who's going to receive you? You are my crown. I'm rejoicing. 
some of you were aggressive for so winning you are no longer committed you don't know what you're missing you don't know what you're losing yet how are you investing your money is it just a physical life I have a car, I have clothing, I have shoes, I have dresses. <laughs> hey. There is a greater life. There is another life. There is a glory on the other side. Think, my brother. Think, my sister. How prepared are you to meet with the Lord? Look at Elijah. Look at Moses breaking out from the spirit wall. I'm ministering to people on this other side. How prepared are you? <laughs> Do you take the things of God lightly when they talk of invest, invest, invest? Sow seed. Give offerings to the Lord. Do you take it lightly? <laughs> Talk to the Lord. I expect to see some of you even weep at this moment because <laughs> if you know, if you can truly understand what we're talking about, you should cry for your life. You should cry for your life. Some of you, the things that are dragging you, I want to be married, I want to have money, I want to have that. But listen, the Bible says, those that are going to be in the sons of the kingdom, they neither marry nor give in marriage. Therefore, the things you are pursuing now cannot answer for you on the other side. Who will you be when you drop the flesh? Who do you want to become when you drop the flesh? What will you present before God when you drop the flesh? If you can't go, send somebody. Let your money account for you. If you can't go, send somebody. Partners, wake up! Your money can go if you can't go. That is how you can have crowns of glory for yourself. Partners, wake up! Sincerely, pay your tithe, pay your vows. You are sowing into the kingdom. They are preparing a ground for you. You can't mock God. Say the greatest problem is selfishness to meet the need of people and to meet the need of God. Does God have need? Joy, God has need. If you personally want to make a commitment in your life this morning, can I see your hands up? If there's a particular commitment you want to make this morning, can I see your hand up? Lift up your hands if you want to make a commitment this morning. If you think God has really spoken to you, you want to make a commitment this morning, can I see your hands up? Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, for these people. I thank you, Lord, because God, they received your word, they understood your word. I want to pray at this moment, my and everlasting Father.
he will release his grace and enablement to fulfill our heart desires I'm asking God grant every one of them whose hand is up the grace and the enablement to stay by the commitment that they are entering into now in the name of Jesus Christ I pray God remember he told us in the book of Psalm 37 for commit our wisdom to the Lord he grant us the desires of our hearts because our heart desire is your desire Lord I pray you make this real unto them in the name of Jesus Christ so whether it be finances make finances available and cause them to be able to sow towards you whether it is so winning may they have understanding to push forth to get people more into your kingdom that your name alone may be glorified in Jesus wonderful name we pray for further information and message order please call plus two three four eight zero three four eight one zero eight six nine or you can visit our website at www.gkai.net god bless you